Psalms 130, let me read and have prayer, and we'll bring what's on our heart. Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? Oh, yeah. But, but there is, oh, I like that is. There is forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be feared. Thank you. You may be seated. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the privilege of being here tonight. I simply ask you to help me to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and let you speak what you want to say to this congregation tonight. Give us that touch and anointing we so desperately need. Lord, may you be glorified through it all and may souls be saved and lives be blessed and God be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, I just want to speak a few moments on this subject. There is forgiveness with thee. Oh, yes. Now, this is a psalm of degrees. And the psalm of degrees, that word means ascents. And it's, to believe, it's believed these psalms were chanted by worshipers ascending to the Temple Mount. And as they were ascending, they would sing these psalms. How befitting it is to sing psalms that would reflect God's forgiveness and pardon as they head to the temple to worship the Lord God Jehovah. And I thought about in this psalm especially, it is a psalm about God's forgiveness. And oh, how everyone, everyone, every one of us, every man, woman, boy, and girl here tonight, we need forgiveness. And I'm glad for God, but again, into my life, and there being forgiveness. If our greatest need had been for information, God would have sent us an educator from heaven. If our greatest need had been technology, God would send from heaven a great scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. But our greatest need was for forgiveness. And God sent a Savior, sent His only begotten Son. And I'm glad that He alone has secured our forgiveness. And I bless his name. Just a few words here about this psalm. First of all, the plight of the psalmist here. If you'll notice, he said, out of the depths. Oh, he's in the depths 
of despair, the depths of discouragement, the depths, my friend, because of his depravity. It's the depths that he's crying out of because of sin. Uh, somehow or another in his life, he recognizes uh, of that falling short to God or some great sin uh, he has committed uh, and it's brought him awful low and that's what sin will do. It'll take you down. It'll take you to the depths. And he said, oh, out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. That is the plight of the psalmist. He's in the depths. But the prayer, I want you to see, he said, I cried unto the Lord. That is a prayer of distress. I love to see it when the Holy Ghost breaks the heart of an old sinner and they cry out unto God for mercy. Oh yes, prayer of distress. He cried. There's a prayer of distinction. In verse number two, he said this, Lord, hear my voice. Amen. Hey, he wasn't getting somebody else to pray for him. He is praying himself. Amen. And you know the Bible said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I believe people need to cry out like that old publican and say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Here is a cry of distinction, my voice, a cry of design. He goes on to say, be attentive, let thine ears be attentive to to the voice of my supplication. This is a prayer of design. He's not just speaking words in uh, in the air, he's praying for the purpose of being heard. Well, you have the plight of the psalmist, verse one. You have the prayer of the psalmist, verse one and two. But I want to deal a little bit with the pardon of the psalmist for just a few moments in verse three through verse number four. The pardon, I'm glad there is a pardon available. I love what it says in the book of Micah. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? Hey, hey, there ain't nobody like him. Only he can do it. And the only way that it can be done is for him to pay the price for the pardon. Your pardon, my friend, doesn't mean that your sin is just undealt with. Your pardon doesn't mean, my friend, that no payment has been made. It has been made, but not by you, by him. Oh, yes, the pardon of the psalmist. Well, let me just mention some things here as you look at uh, verse 3 and 4. Now, when he said, uh, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, who would stand? It would seem to me what he's doing here, he's confessing himself to be a sinner. And he's uh, labeling himself among all. Because you see, the Bible said, all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. And he's inferring here that all were guilty. And they are. All are guilty. 
That's the same. That's the confession of iniquities here. And then there is the corruption of iniquities. He mentions the words he says here uh, that uh, uh, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, iniquities. That word iniquity is a little Hebrew word of on and it means perversity. It's the the word for depravity and iniquity. It, my friend, it, it tells of the of the deep stain of wickedness and and sin in a life. I'm telling you what the perverseness and the corruptness of the heart, and that's the word of on. Well, when you think about sin, my friend has poisoned us. It got in our mom and dad. Adam and Eve ate us out of house and home. And the old villain of sin, my friend, passed on to the human race. Amen. You see, brother and sister, because of Adam's sin, hey, 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 it passed upon uh, those that were, my friend, blood kin to him. And that included everybody except one man. Amen. Because one man came on the scene that did not have the blood of Adam in him. His name was Jesus. He had the blood of God in him. Oh, my soul. But anyway, when you think about sin and how by a friend, by one man's sin, by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin. That's exactly right. Well, what is sin? Some of you young people say, well, well, what is sin? Well, let me give you some Bible definition of sin. Sin, number one, is the transgression of the law. 1 John 3, 4. Sin is coming short to the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. And it says that all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. Sin is rebellion against God. In Isaiah 1, 2, listen at this. Hear, O heavens, give ear, O earth. The Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. Sin is rebellion against God. Have you ever seen such an hour of rebellion like we're seeing in this hour? Sin, I'm talking about what sin is. Here's another thing people don't think about, uh, but sin is unbelief. A lot of people think that justifies this. Well, I just don't believe that old religious stuff. Hey, hey, your unbelief is damning. Your unbelief will send you to hell. Amen. You see, unbelief says God's a liar. That's what unbelief says. Uh, John, 1 John 5, 10, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Amen. He mentioned about faith. Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, hear that, believeth in him should not perish. 
but have everlasting life. Could I tell you what, brother and sister, but unbelief. Unbelief is a great, great sin. Sin, another definition, is going your own way. Oh, I want to do it my way. Your way heads you into hell. That's exactly right. Amen. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But I'm glad the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'm telling you, sin is my friend unbelief and going your own way. And then the Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. That's real simple. If it ain't right, it's wrong. Amen. If it's wrong, it's sin. Say amen right there. By the way, this gets me. I'm guilty of this and I have to repent every day. By the way, I have to repent every day because I'm in this flesh. But you know what? The thought of foolishness is sin. That's the book I'm talking about. That's the book. Proverbs 24, 9. And James said this, that, hey, the passivity of thy life, knowing to do good and doing it not is sin. And God lists a whole bunch of things that are abomination in the book of Proverbs and And you know what's at the top of the list? A proud look. Your arrogant attitude is a sin against God. The corruption of iniquities. But let me go a little further now. I'm moving right on. I want you to think about the counting of iniquities. Look at our text. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities oh my so if thou should what he's saying here if you kept a running record of iniquities with with no erasers and an unalterable list a record of all my wrongs all my foolish thoughts all my looks of lust all my wicked imaginations, all my arrogance, all my pride, all my rebellion. You can name it. Hey, we all are sinners. We got a sinful nature. Oh, my, but he said, listen, there's a counting of it. I would say this. This is not for the people of God, but for the lost man, there is such a record kept. In fact, there was for us until, hallelujah, he blotted out our sins and transgressed with his own blood. Hallelujah, my name is standing justified by faith in his blood. Hallelujah. The counting, and I mentioned that, you know, in Revelation 20, the great white throne judgment, the Bible said, and the books were open. Amen. And, uh, and then he said, and the book of life was open. And, and these people are judged by what's written in the books. All of their iniquities, all of their sins, it's there. It, they're not blotted out. They're right there. They're going to, hey, hey, they, they ain't going to be able to stand. And whosoever's not found written in the Lamb's book of life will have their part in the lake of fire. I'm telling you what, but oh, my soul, I ain't going to be at that judgment as a, uh, as a, uh, a criminal, 
I'm going to be there, my friend, as a witness. Amen. Of the good grace of God, I'm going to be at another judgment. I don't want. To, I'm not looking forward to it. It's called the great. It's called the uh, the bema. I'm going to be at the judgment seat of Christ, and we're going to receive. But <laughs> I'm glad I'm not going to have to answer for sin there. You see, my sin was answered for it. I get that in just a minute. But I want you to see the counting of iniquities, and that's here. All right, and he goes on to say now, but if thou, Lord, if thou shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? The condemnation of iniquities. If God did mark iniquities, no way to undo them or erase them. Who would be able to stand? Only one. Only one of Adam's race. But not with Adam's blood. Only one would be able to stand. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Where would that leave us? Without any hope. Without hope. What the psalmist is saying here, listen, listen to me now. The psalmist is saying here, if God were only a God of justice, we'd all go to hell. If, if that's all he was, was a God of justice, but I'm glad that he is a God of mercy. Who is a God like unto thee? Amen. He delighteth in mercy. Oh, my soul. And so there, brother and sister, if there's God's only justice, there'd be no hope for any of us. But oh, he said, that, boy, that if we had to stop reading at verse 3, I'm telling you what, it'd be mighty depressing to leave here. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark it iniquities, who would stand? Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, but then, don't you like that conjunction of contrast? But! <laughs> I loved it when old brother Stinnett Blue was here and he preached on when God butts in. And I'm glad God butted in in my life. Look here. He said, if thou shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who should stand? Who shall stand? But, I love that. There is forgiveness with thee. The confession of iniquities, the corruption of iniquities, the counting of iniquities, the condemnation of iniquities, but here the cleansing of iniquities. Hallelujah, but there is forgiveness with thee. I'm almost done. Let me just say this. Number one, there is the fact of forgiveness. He said there is. I like that is. That means right now. Praise God. This ain't something that's going to be. I mean, it's right now. Amen. I mean, it's real. It's genuine. The fact of it, there is forgiveness with thee. Hey, there's not only the fact of forgiveness, but there is the founder of forgiveness. There is forgiveness with who? 
Who's he talking to? He's talking to Lord Jehovah and also Adonai. In verse number two, the two words there, my friend, you have, if thou, Lord, there's Jehovah, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, that's capital L, little O-R-D, Adonai. Amen. And that means he's the ruler. He said, who would stand? I'll tell you who he's talking to. He said, God, if it wasn't for you, I'd have no hope. I'd have no deliverance. I'd have no forgiveness. The founder of forgiveness is our God. Oh, yes. Let me share this with you. In Daniel chapter 9, I love this little verse. I showed this one day to... uh, uh, my dear friend and has been preaching so wonderfully and I've, he got a blessing out of it. And I think he used it the next night. But Daniel chapter 9 and verse 9. Listen at this stage. Just going to read this short stage. Write this down, fellas. Write this one down. Daniel 9, 9. Here's a word that's only found one time in your King James Bible. One time. Just one time. Here, I'm going to read it. To the Lord our God belongeth mercies and forgivenesses. Do you see that? Not forgiveness. I like it. I ain't real smart. But when you put that extra S on there, it means there's more than one time. I don't know about you. I needed some forgiveness tonight. And I needed some last night. And I'll need some tomorrow night. And I want to tell you what, to whom belong mercies and forgivenesses. He's still a forgiven. You say, you don't know what I've done. I can't. Hey, listen. How many of us have problem areas and we keep striking out and striking out and striking out? Oh my, so don't you look so holy. Don't you get that halo up. It's crooked and your horns are pushing up. Could I tell you, friend, hey, let me say this. We all sin. Oh, yes, we do. My soul, and a lot of times we have problem areas. We try, we dedicate, we pry, we pray. Oh, my soul, a lot of times we we fall the same way. Crawl back up there, ashamed. But guess what? It wasn't just forgiveness. He's the Lord God. Of forgiveness says. First John 1 9, if thou shalt confess thy sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from most all. No, he said, all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. The, the fact of the, the founder of the forgiveness, man, to the Lord our God belongs mercies and forgivenesses. I love Psalm 85 too. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people and covered their sin. 
Psalm 103 and verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not his his benefits, uh, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Hallelujah for that. Isaiah 118, come now, let us reason together. Uh, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. They'll be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. There is forgiveness, there's cleansing. Hallelujah. And Isaiah 43, 25, God said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. I don't know if this is uh, theologically uh, unquestionable, but I just have it in my mind in those books of all that we've done by freeing the sins that were there. I believe when I came to Jesus, I believe the Lord blotted out. Amen. Oh yeah, I believe he blotted them out. What would blot out my sin? There ain't nothing to blot them out. My friend, your good works won't blot them out. Your going to church won't blot them out. You reading the Bible won't blot them out. There's only one thing that'll blot them out. It's the darling son of God's precious blood. It's the blood. Hey, it's still the blood. Care and Micah, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? The word pardoneth, there's a Hebrew word, nasah, in ASA. And it is the word that was used of describing the day of atonement when the two kids of the goat, by friend, were brought. One of them was slain, and his blood was carried into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled by a friend there. The high priest would come back out and lay his bloody hands on that live goat, amen, and confess the iniquities of the children of Israel. Then they would take that live goat by the hand of a fit man and drive him off into the wilderness, amen. And my friend, and the Bible said, and that goat would bear their sins to a land uninhabited. That word bear is the same word nasa that pardon. The way God pardons us is he bore our sin. Your sin was punished. You that have been born again, your sin was punished. It was not you that got the punishment. It was your Lord Jesus Christ that was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and by stripes we are healed. Hey, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He carried my sin away. In that same book of Micah chapter 7, down in verse 19, he said, And thou wilt cast all their sins 
into the depths of the sea. Don't you love that statement? But there is forgiveness with thee. The fact of forgiveness, the founder of forgiveness, but the foundation of forgiveness is Christ crucified. For God, he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. And he bore it all. Brother preached on Monday morning. My soul, that's as good as I've ever heard him do. Preaching on Calvary. Oh, I'm glad Jesus paid it all. You know what? He didn't pay an installment and pay and make and pay. He paid it all. For all your sins and all my sins, my past sins. Amen. He paid it all. Hallelujah, children. That's enough to make an Episcopalian kick the back out of their choir robe and have a spell. Amen. Hey, my sins are gone. Hallelujah. Jesus crucified. Colossians 1.14 In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. It took blood to wash us. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is thy flow that makes me white as snow. Thank God, thank God. I know all you preachers have given this illustration, but let me do it for the sake of some of these young ones and others who have not heard it. I read this years ago, it blessed my heart. In the Holy Land, there were some workers working upon a high steeple of one of those churches in the Holy Land. While working there in Jerusalem, and one of those... uh, a church is building with a very high steeple and they was up there on top of working and while working there, there came in the street below a shepherd and they're, they're walking through those cobblestone streets in different places, going to a watering hole. While walking through there and this man working on a steeple way up high, he made a misstep and he slipped and he fell all the way down. His workmates ran as quick as they could. They got down their ladders, down their scaffolds, and they finally come down into the street below, expecting to find their workmate dead. So when they come there, to their amazement, there was a bunch of people standing around, and he was standing around with them. And said they was all looking down. And they walked up close and looked Nothing wrong with him. But what they saw 
they saw an old ewe lamb, <laughs> sheep, that been walking under. And where he fell, and when he fell, he fell on that sheep. And that sheep broke the fall. <laughs> if you get a hold of that, we'll have to chase you down. I'm glad I was falling. I didn't have no hope, but the Lamb of God Amen. broke my fall. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> Bless his name. Well, and then you have the formula of forgiveness and you have the fruit of forgiveness, but I, that'll be another. Let's stand for...